1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You repel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers
0: Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Twelve thirty-four in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers Now. We're guests receive guest certificates through Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to ninety-nine ninety Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. All right, um, we're going to quickly go to our Heartland Ford text line. Then we'll bring John Shannon in. Bob, Oilers had a chance to trade the fourth overall pick in twenty sixteen for Ryan McDonough. What I'm hearing from you is that Taylor Hall, you might want to mention the number one, the fourth overall pick to the listeners as well. Ash, Larry Brooks, uh, what had Larry reported was the number four pick for McDonough. I said I'd heard at different times Hall for Weber. I heard Hall plus a pick for Petrangelo. And if you think that the New York Rangers were going to trade a first pairing defenseman for a fourth overall pick, that I don't, I don't see that happening. Like there had to have been more in the I don't buy that that was just it. Uh, and uh, and th- these situations are fluid. And to shed some light on that, John Shannon joins <laughs> us right now. John, how are you doing?
2: So let me get this straight: if the Rangers. Uh, the McDonough for a fourth round pick. No, a fourth if, over
0: if, uh, the fourth. O- the uh, the army pick.
2: Fourth, no, no. fourth. Over, my, I guess my point is, is, is if it was that good, why didn't it happen then? I mean, the, the tons. Of, Bob, we all know that tons of these things get discussed all the time. I mean, general managers call each other constantly. I, I suspect that over a month's period, you have talked to the other managers in the league at least two times. And it's always kicking tires. It's always throwing out, so are you happy with this guy? Are you disappointed with that guy? What can you do? Well, you know, here's what I'd like to do. Everybody, it's all throwing darts at a dartboard until somebody agrees. So, I mean, listen, was was there a fourth overall pick for McDonough discussed? Probably with a and couple, of, said not with with a couple of other things thrown in, and that's why the deal didn't get made.
0: But there's not a chance the Rangers would have traded McDonough for a fourth overall pick. The guy's a first pairing defenseman. Now I realize people say, well, they traded uh, you know Miller and McDonough, a, but that was a, like a five piece deal coming back the other way. For, and I don't think the Rangers did that well on the deal. May I add, but. Uh, you know, and and the Madonna situation kind of exhausted. And well, yeah, the, the,
2: and the, and and things things changed from that summer of sixteen to when the time that he was traded to Tampa as well.
0: Right there, uh, there are
2: so many so many different variables and timing, and that, and and there's another aspect of the cap in all of this as well. So right, and the the the, the, the juggling act that managers go through on a constant basis. If we, I I think that uh, you know. Brooks, he's got great—he's uh, got great contacts and great information. Sure, um, and by but, uh, his own admission,
0: he said it. Looking back at it, by his own admission, it was more than just the fourth overall yeah, pick. Exactly. Well, exactly. you know, like again, I'd heard, you know, I heard—you know—I would heard St. Louis, Doug Armstrong, hard negotiator. He was—he was looking to hit a home run for you know that there was some belief that maybe Petrangelo. Well, you want Petrangelo, you better start with Hall in the fourth overall pick. You know what I mean? Those, yeah. sort, of, those sort of moves, yeah. and so. You know, anyhow, it's it's interesting times, and it's interesting especially, uh, you know, John, you were in town last week. Uh, Moribund first two periods against Detroit, and we all know what happened during the course of the third period. And now Edmonton's in search for a general manager. Uh, it's interesting what's come out of this, because based in, in a results-driven business, that's the primary reason why guys lose their jobs. There's no question, uh, would you agree or disagree, you've been here enough to know... Did you uh get the sense that the the fans and the media had uh, any belief in this stage that Peter moving forward as well
2: uh i I don't think that uh, any aspect inside or outside the organization believed in Peter anymore uh, uh, and you know I have talked about this on national TV yes. and radio since Bob uh, this is this is a different business fan base than any other in the national hockey league <laughs> where 70% of the tickets come from true hockey fans, guys that spend good, hard money. Unlike here in Toronto, where it's 30% of those hardcore fans and 70% corporate. It's right. the exact opposite in Edmonton. So from that perspective, the voice of the fans in Edmonton, I feel, is louder and probably a little more influential, and rightly so. And and rightly so for what that fan base has had to endure since 2006.
0: I had somebody out east uh, call me and say, uh, "What factor did the perceived uh, Oilers old boys uh, play in this?" And I'm like, "Okay, let's see. How did that's first of all results-driven business. Secondly, I'm dealing on a daily basis with the frustration of the fans. I'm not the only one. There's uh, there's ticketing people in the office that take calls from season seat holders." Mm-hmm. Um, You know how toxic it was out there. And I I think you'd agree, though Shirelli occasionally gave you time and had no choice but to give me time because I was on the plane with him, uh, the fact of the matter was he didn't really engage the media and the market, which is an important part of this as well. Um, But you know what? When it comes to the Oilers Old Boys Network or that perception out there, it's not going to matter what I say on Oilers now. People are going to believe what they want to believe. And I don't even think people know, like – and it's and it's two parts in terms of the organization. Like I think that the health of the pro side versus or lack of productivity versus of the pro side versus the health of the amateur side are two different spots right now.
2: Yeah, and listen, I, I, a guy as a guy who has been in town enough to lay witness to what has gone on, I just I don't see the old guard around. I don't, uh, I, I, you know, Craig McTavish still has a role. Uh, with this organization, but but I don't see Kevin sticking his nose in at all. In fact, I think Kevin has really taken a step back and enjoying life a lot more. Uh, I mean, Wayne, I think, talks to Bob every once in a while. Uh, Bob Nicholson, but uh, but I don't. I, I mean, Paul Coffee. I mean, I, I, we were we were in uh, before Christmas. Paul was in town to to help out a little bit, but Todd was still the coach. I don't. I don't see much involvement of this old guard. I. I, I think it's. You know, it's a really, really familiar refrain that people love to talk about. I just don't see it anymore. Uh, and I, I. As soon as uh, Nicholson had hired Chirelli McClellan, uh, that was supposed to be the start of the end of it. And I think that in many ways the the organization has taken advantage of the the older guard for. Commercial use, whether it be for the 100th anniversary team, the best team in the first 100 years of the National Hockey League, but I don't see them involved in the day-to-day operation on the hockey side. I really don't, and and um, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things where no matter what you say, people won't believe you. right. They won't, Bob. They won't believe you. Um, but I, uh, I mean, from my perspective, I think that there's still a passion for our, the Oilers by a lot of these guys, but I don't see them having any influence at all. Well, the
0: other part of it is if you knew Peter's personality, he could be a little bit exclusive. That's the other part of it. Like, that's kind of how he is, right? And again, uh, you know, his head pro scout, Dwayne Sutter, uh, Don't I, I'm sure other fans remember this, but Peter took over on April the 24th, five days before the draft, the Sunday before the draft, he fired Stu McGregor, amateur scout, Maury, yeah. Maury Gare, head pro scout, and Dwayne Sutter became the head of pro scouting at that time, and I I think we'd be naive to believe that Peter didn't have a prior relationship with Dwayne Sutter and New Dwayne. I wouldn't on the on the pro like I'm thinking who because people ask me, well, who did he talk to? And I'm like, to be honest with you, I'm not sure because he didn't share much, so I don't really. Well,
2: know. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I think that you know the the the, the isolationist that he was, uh, I'm sure was a uh, uh, was a factor. I mean, obviously Keith was part of it, uh, part of what was going on. But in, in the end, Keith's a scout more than anything else. Uh, but Keith, there was a trust factor, I think, with with Keith and Peter. But I don't, I don't. I honestly, I don't see this this old Oilers guard having much influence in and around the organization. And and I, I do think that uh, when when Bob talks about something in the water. Um, I th- think what he's talking about is that the organizationally they have to find ways to to streamline and and communicate better, and I think that that's something that's going to happen.
0: And maybe something that didn't happen for the last three and a half
2: years. All right, so that's what well, just, just on that point, just remember, and I think you and I talked about this one day, uh, uh, not too not too far away, um, was you know Peter's number one scout was Jim Benning. You know, there was a, re- a tremendous relationship between the two, and and, right. and Jim Jim did a lot of that heavy lifting, and Keith was part of that as well. So there, when they were with Boston, and so I, I would suggest that uh, uh, that uh, trying to trying to uh, get. New ideas and new blood in, in the Oilers organization are key to what Bob Nicholson's going through right
0: now. You can text us at six thirty six thirty on our Heartland Four text line. Uh, which area of the organization, pro or amateur, do you have greater confidence in right now? Um, I, as you know, John, I've been a critic of the order's development system for a while. I think that Jay Woodcroft, that team's won eight straight games down there. They finally got some other prospects. None of them are slam-gut-dunk guarantees to be impact players at the NHL, even with Yamamoto down there. But they've got some support players that could potentially down the road help out and they're gonna have more support players next year. So it's my perception that this is prob in fairness to Peter, for the criticism that's been directed his way, I do think he, uh and Keith Gretzky was part of this amateur group, they've they've helped change a little bit with what's uh, what's occurred down on the farm. So from from my area, I'm 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 comfortable saying I'm I'm kinda of liking the way that's headed. And I think that that was a strong area of what Shirelli
2: did yeah and, and I mean let's face it when every fan in every section of uh, of Rogers place looks at the team, uh, I don't think they're criticizing the top three or four forwards right they're They're suggesting that there's no depth yep. uh, and and if you look at the top six teams in the National Hockey League right now, what, what what's one of the common messages is these guys come at you in waves because there's not much difference between lines one and line four. Uh, And that's something, right now, there's a huge drop-off in it between line one, uh, particularly if Leon and Connor are playing together, and line four. And that's where, if this team had had uh, or has a better, you know, bottom six, I don't think they're talking about these issues near as much, and there's no, not near the reliance of McDavid and Drysidle scoring goals.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting moving forward to see, uh, you know, if anything can be done in the short term. Let's start on this on the short term. What can be done in the final? What do we got? Uh, four, just just under fourteen games until the trade deadline. Yeah. What can be done in this situation?
2: Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, you and I have had this debate on the air about whether they should trade draft picks and. Adamantly, and and I think we've heard now, there's no chance that they're getting rid of um, the first pick. Uh, What I would say is this is a draft that isn't as deep as some others and that they have to contemplate getting rid of other draft picks if they feel that they can find something, uh, some player that can help the team that has uh, either a high-end guy that's uh, uh, short-term or somebody who they think is a great depth player can help with term. So, I mean, I do think there's something to contemplate there. Uh, you know, the other thing is, is, that, you know, is there somebody on this roster that they feel that uh, they can actually uh, get rid of in order to get more draft picks? Uh, because in the end, that's the way you're going to grow. If you look at the young teams in this league, the teams that seem to be always be the youngest teams, they've done a really good job of, of accumulating draft picks to use at the appropriate time and you know it goes back to the answer scouting make sure you utilize them and do them properly yeah you gotta have. i I, I don't think there's going to be much change bob i really don't and and i you know what i would say is perhaps between now and the trade deadline we're going to see a different style of hockey from this team in the short term to try to make the playoffs maybe maybe they're not going to be as exciting maybe they're going to grind it more Maybe they are going to be, you know, <laughs> you know, defensive zone first, and make sure that they get the puck out of the zone before they worry about anything else. Uh,
0: can you play one way with one one line, and then play uh, another way with the other three lines?
2: Well, I, you and I have never coached in the National Hockey League. It sounds pretty easy to do, right? Um, but there, you, you you wonder why that can't happen, particularly when you have two of the greatest talents in the National Hockey League, and if and if there was any doubt you had two of the greatest talents in the National Hockey League. All you had to do was watch in San Jose Friday night (laughs) and to know where these guys fit in with all these other great stars. Um, So you'd think that 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 sounds so easy to be able to do, um, but there has to be a desire to do it. Uh, There has to be an understanding on both the coaches' staff, the coaching staff, and the players to want to grind it in their own zone. I mean, how many times, Bob, have we seen all season long sustained pressure by the opposition because the oilers just cannot get it out of the zone and by the time they almost get it out of the zone everyone's exhausted and then and,
0: then and that out. even occurred when cleft was still healthy and yeah his injury yeah. Is, his injury has been significant i do not uh empath- you know i have nothing but empathy for the position ken hitchcock's in we've seen two good coaches basically go 500 so far um, with this team. These guys have won a hell of a lot of games between the two
2: of them. It's I it's fully not- suspect Ken Hitchcock will try to dumb it down.
0: Okay, well we'll be interested uh, to, to see on that front. So, John Shannon joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Uh, John, very quickly I would assert that you might know Bob Nicholson better than anybody uh, in terms of certainly of the media guests that we have on the show on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Um, I believe Bob's going to be very patient. Um, and and take some time here. What do you think is going
2: to happen? Well, I mean, I think Terry's article this morning in the paper was pretty self-evident of that. That uh, you know, he hasn't even you know, and I, I've known this before. He hasn't even started the interview process and even making phone calls to talk to people. Uh, but at the same time, what I would suggest is I think that that you know, Bob is under the gun to do it right. Uh, Bob is under the gun to make sure that uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, in in this generation are the way the Oilers were supposed to be, and we anticipated the Oilers being. So there's going to be uh, a couple of lists of of guys, some that could be available now or available in April or available in June. And I think that uh, from an organizational perspective, um, you know, he's going to have to decide... Uh, which is going to be the best for the long-term of the Evendon Oilers. Because we, we know that there are going to be qualified managers, qualified managers available in the summertime. Do you want to retread? Do you want to start with someone new, someone who has a new, fresh approach, someone has good instinct, someone who understands every aspect and a quality communicator? I mean, there's a, the checklist is long. Uh, for what Nicholson's going through. And you have to have somebody that has a curb appeal in the city. And I think that those are important things.
0: Do you have a top three for us?
2: Well, here, I mean, I, I hedge my bet in that I, I'm only going to give you guys that I think are available now because we can sit here and talk about uh, about Ken Holland, but Ken Holland has a job. Yeah, Ken Holland isn't going anywhere right now. Doug Armstrong isn't going anywhere right now. Uh, and 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 I mean I had a great talk with Ken Holland last week, and he's enthused about rebuilding the uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. He loves what he, he loves the challenge now to prove that he can be an, uh, a great manager. So yeah, ha- I think you have to look outside of uh, of, of that type of group, uh, and you have to deal with the guys that are available right now. And at the top of the list, I w- I would put Mark Hunter and Kelly McCrimmon. I think you have to add those two guys, someone they, they haven't had full managerial experience, but they've in and around the National Hockey League. They've been owner-operators. They understand the business side. They have great, great natural instinct for the game, and both are good communicators. So you have to put them on the list. Uh, and I think that when you when you look at it, then you have to go to the second-tier guys of Mike Gillis, who is an outside-the-box thinker. Whether you like him or not, he's an outside-the-box thinker. Uh, And I think, by the way, I think you'll learn from your mistakes, and I think Mike's the first to admit that he's made mistakes, and so you have to put him on the list, and then you have to put Ron Hextall on the list. And Ron Hextall, if you look at his resume of what he did in Philadelphia and you look the challenges he had with salary cap prison, uh, with not much development available, there's a lot of similarities of what's gone on in Philadelphia and what's gone on in Edmonton and the, the challenge for Hextall is the same challenge in the end that Shirelli had Ron Hextall stopped communicating Ron Hextall became an island unto himself and again you have to wonder second time around do you learn from your mistakes
0: all right so very quickly uh Hunter obviously is a free he's not working for an NHL team at this time no longer with the Leafs right. um Kelly McCrimmon is working for Vegas, but your your assumption is because it would be theoretically a promotion that he would be available. Yeah, I,
2: most assistant general managers have it in their contracts. I don't have I don't have Kelly's contract, but most assistant general managers have in the National Hockey League. Uh, if you get promoted, you have to be released from your contract. So, from that perspective, he you know if, if this is a promotion then George McPhee has and and I think George McPhee is a good friend would would allow Kelly to uh, to talk to the orders.
0: Okay. Uh you mentioned Mike Gillis, what about Lawrence Gilman? Uh
2: well, um uh, you know, I I'm, I'm you know, I'm a huge Lawrence fan. Um I'm and I think Lawrence has been run through the gamut when you consider Winnipeg, Arizona, Phoenix and Vancouver and has good sense and he's a very good communicator. Um you know, but in the end, I guess my question would be is if you got Mike Gillis, would you be getting Lawrence Gilman too anyway?
0: okay. Uh, is there an eternal candidate
2: currently with the orders right now? I don't think there should be Bob. okay I, I don't I mean this goes back to I think that the transparency, if that was the case, if that was the case, then that person should have should have been given more authority prior to this time.
0: So you do not see Keith Gretzky as being an option long.
2: I don't. I don't. Right? I don't. I, I don't simply because I. I. You know, some guys have great skill sets. I like. I like Keith's skill set um, in the field. Okay, John. As always, we appreciate your insight. Thanks for your time. All right. So now this is the last time we talked before the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's right. So I got the Patriots straight up. Is that right?
2: Yeah, you. You do. You do. You do.
0: All righty. I'm looking forward. Double or nothing, man.
2: Double Double or nothing.
0: nothing. (laughs) I'll never hear the end of it if I lose this one. Thanks, John. (laughs) Okay. Bye. 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 They won't lose back-to-back Super Bowls, will they? Uh, This March, take your family to the beach during spring break. Get great deals. Fun in the sun destinations. Start planning today. Puerto Vallarta for 15.45. Riviera Maya for 16.99. Honolulu. 1875 these four and five star packages include accommodations airfare taxes and parking at the value park at the edmonton international airport for reservations call the travel experts at new west travel or book online at newest
1: why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation
2: counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more
1: at Marines.com.
0: I have a ton of texts coming up. We'll get to some other stuff as well after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with
2: Bob Stauffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.